Welcome to another fun-filled episode of the weekend edition of Second City Sports Zoom Style. Zoom Style. Along with Lakina McGee, which is she, I'm Sydney Brown. That's me. You can follow <laughs> yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, that's CK80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina underscore McGee on the IG. We have a surprise for you guys, a slight change of plans, just a little bit. We always say that you can watch us on YouTube at War Media at WAR Media. You can. Every Monday and Friday, the videos from our shows will go up first at War Media on yep. YouTube. That's once again at WAR Media on YouTube. And the podcast will go up the following day on Tuesdays and Saturdays. That schedule is still the same. The audio version will go up Tuesdays and Saturdays. But the video versions, you guys are lucky. You can get them Mondays and Fridays on right here on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at WARR Media. And you can like, comment, share, subscribe. Sorry, Lakin, I took your phrase. But no, it's okay. <laughs> no, it's okay. But uh, we'll have more access and hopefully more surprises as far as video as we go along here. So remember, every Monday and Friday video podcasts available Tuesdays and Saturdays. Got it? Yeah. So all right. You can go on Anchor, Google, Google, um, Spotify, tune in, wherever you get your podcast. So it's all it'll all be there. You'll you'll just have more more ways to, to watch or listen to us now. So it's a lot of fun. Exactly. Exactly. And speaking of the podcast form, you could go to a war on Anchor or Ski Show to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and that iHeartRadio app. Wherever you download your podcast, make sure you type in that search engine box War on Anchor. Anchor. That's W-A-R-R on Anchor. And in, in advance, we'd like to take our bows and thank you in advance and thank you for your support. And thank you very much for your support. And we're unapologetically fun. Yes. Now, Lakina, on Thursday, since we'll start locally in baseball, opening day took place on Thursday. The, both our Chicago teams did not do well. Both the Cubs and the Sox took L's. Let's start off with the Chicago White Sox, Lakina, <laughs> as they lose to the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim by the score of 4-3. to three. Those White Sox were up uh, midway through the fifth inning, 3-1, to one, thanks to Adam Eaton's first home run of the year. A two-run shot, of course. That disastrous eighth inning took place. Nick Madrigal, he's in his second season. Uh, that was a bad throw. I know some people want to blame Tim Anderson. No, that was a bad throw by Nick. Yes. That shouldn't have happened. Uh, that should have been a double play, and the Angels would not have scored. But, of course, Mike Trout does it again to the White Sox, tied the game up to three. Of course, Albert Pujols does his thing uh, to give the Angels the lead and eventually the win. Lakina. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking as a, as a fan, but I'm going to let the left side, which is my intelligence side of my brain, do the talking. As a fan, am I upset? Yes. Is the season over? No. Can you give games away like this? No. But this team can and better learn quickly. This is why you have Tony La Russa. You cannot let stuff like this get to you mentally, especially with some of these players that are young, like Nick Madrigal. And that's why he has uh, key veterans in that clubhouse. That's why you have a veteran manager, Tony LaRusso. You can't let stuff like this linger. You just have to turn the page, learn your lesson, and move on. 
It'll be very interesting to see how they bounce back from this. But, you know, the good news is, like you said, it's 162 games in the full season. Mm -hmm. You know, these games, you can just, you know, throw out the tape and just, you know, and burn it and, you know, just, you know, just forget about it. I mean, they'll, you know, that, 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 you know, that, that Grindall error was just uncalled for. It was terrible. And look, it is, it's his fault. I'm sure I see a lot of people are blaming Tim Anderson, but no, no, no. The, the wild pitch. You're yeah. talking about the wild pitch by, well, um, yeah, well, yeah, the, the pass well, the ball. One, mm -hmm. Yeah, the pass ball, and I guess also the yeah. error too. So you know, mm -hmm. unfortunately, you're gonna you're gonna lose. Even some of the best teams are gonna be losing games like that. So you know, you just you just go you know, forget about it and move on. Just don't let it be a habit. And this is why Tony Larusa is there. He can kind of like get the guys sort of get together and you know clean some of that stuff up. And the best part about it is that you're only a day in the season, so you know you can you know you 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 can do that. Yes, and, and the series against the Angels resumes this weekend. Uh, taking a look back at some of the numbers from the opener on Thursday night, Lucas Giolito looked very impressive. Pitched five in the third inning, gave, gave up only two hits, two runs, including two earned runs, two walks, but eight strikeouts, including his 500th career strikeout. Lakina, as I asked our illustrious panel during our White Sox pregame uh, uh, preview show, did you catch uh, on YouTube and on a podcast form at War Media and a War Anchor for the podcast form. Uh, I asked uh, uh, our panel uh, who was going to be the starter, the Sox starter to win 20 games. Most of the consensus said uh, Lucas Giolito. No, he didn't get the win last night. Obviously, it wasn't his fault, but he pitched a well of a game last night. Uh, eight strikeouts through that short amount of time. That was amazing. He was definitely not the reason why the Sox lost. Yeah, he actually struck out the side, you know, in the opening inning. You know, he's the first mm -hmm. White Sox player to do that since they started recording strikeouts back in 1913 in the AL. So that was impressive mm -hmm. in and of itself. I think he's definitely going to try to go for the AL Cy Young. I, I mean, look, you don't want to waste these type of type of games with, with Giolito. You, you mm -hmm. can't, you just can't do it. So hopefully this is going to, this is not going to be a trend for, for them. And, you know, hopefully they can, you know, they can bounce back. I mean, look, the great thing about it is that they have a weekend series and the angles are kind of not, not great, but you know, they're okay. Mm -hmm. So they get, they, they got a shot to win the series still. Yeah. Yeah. Outside of Aaron bummer, uh, which wasn't totally his fault. I was impressed by the White Sox bullpen. As we said, Lakina coming to the season, Tony La Russa has the best bullpen in the American league. If not in all of baseball, Aaron bummer, who's supposed to be your setup guy. Uh, he did the job last night. It's just uh, those defensive lapses, as we mentioned just, just a couple of seconds ago, really hurt him. And so, and Matt Foster came in there and, and cleaned up the mess uh, after those uh, mistakes on Thursday. But outside of those mistakes, looking, there's nothing too much you had to, you can complain about the Sox. As a fan, should you be disappointed that that game uh, slipped away from you? Yes, but like we said before, the season's not over. They're not going to go on a uh, on a long losing streak. Those just the games that you cannot give away. Hopefully you learn from them and learn from them quickly. It'll be interesting to see what how they can how they'll be able to do it because I I kind of feel like what these are the type of games that yes, you can probably say, I doubt that by the end of the season that the you know, the White Sox somehow not win a division. They'll say, Well, they should have lost that opening against the Angels that, that cost them a chance to win the win the division. I, I doubt that's gonna be the case, but you know because you know how some White Sox fans are Sid, and yeah. You know, but, but I'm hoping that's not the case. I mean, look, they can they can bounce back and I mean, look, Eaton had had a two run home run, and you know, some you know they had seven hits. So, and Dylan Bundy actually, you know, ha is a pretty decent pitcher himself. So for the Angels, yeah. so that 
feel they were he kind of tamed that that lineup too so I, I'm, I'm not worried about it at all I, the, I love that when people like oh, analyze you get the first game of the season you're like oh my god you know, they're gonna be great or this team sucks Let, let's not do that folks <laughs> <laughs> uh, as I always say you can take things with a grain of salt on social media some people like your truly can be reasonable even though I do a react every once in a while as a fan but and then there, there are some people like you mentioned that just say things too damn far <laughs> you could be upset, but let, let's not get ridiculous, folks. Yeah. Okay. Now, let, let's bring some perspective into this thing. As you're listening to the weekend edition of Second City Sports, along with Lakina McGee, I am Cindy Browns. We break down the White Sox and opening day around Major League Baseball. We'll break down the Cubs, lost to the Pirates coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Lakina going back to the White Sox opener on Thursday, taking a look at the box score. Tim Anderson went one for four, scoring a run. Uh, Leary Garcia went 0 for 4. He struck out twice. He's He started in left field. Didn't look bad defensively, but offensively, um, he could be challenging at times, but you didn't bring him there to um, swing the bat. He brought him there to play defense. I thought he did a good job on Thursday. Luis Robert lost his chain scoring the first <laughs> run of the game. <laughs> the game off a wild pitch. Uh, that chain was hanging low, or it was just dragging like a, like a chain off a tow truck. <laughs> It's, it's like, yeah. It's scraping up the dirt. Come on, come on. Well, well, and that's why I always I wore. I said on on Twitter last night. I said, look, this, like, see, folks, this is why you don't run the bases with jewelry on. You, 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 you never know. You yes. may lose it, or you, know, you might hurt yourself with it. So I, I'm a little, you know, I was a little worried for him for a second. But look, I mean, look, I mean, the, the best you could do is just look. He did, he did well. I mean, look, you can mm-hmm. kind of. You can, okay, you kind of tell that, look, even the veteran players have, like, you know, first game jitters. You know, you kind of have that mm-hmm. feeling. So, you know, I'm, I'm not too worried. I mean, I, it's just going to be very interesting to see how this team bounces back, and I think they will. And, you know, look, you, know, you leave the, the, you know, the Mardigal, you know, error and the, the Grandal uh, pass ball. I mean, look, mm-hmm. look stuff like that's going to happen. So let's not – don't. I'm sure Lewis is going to tell his guys, don't dwell on it, and, you know, let's just you know, go, go on to the next game now. Uh, one thing that was really weird, I mean, look, I know Eloy is very popular in that clubhouse. <laughs> But the way, you know, Jose Bray, I know they're very close, but, you know, they had his jersey and his cleats and his gloves. Mm-hmm. The man's not dead, guys. He is still, <laughs> he is still very much with us. And I'm like, uh, is there something y'all don't – does he have more than a torn peck? Does something happen to him? Like, it was just crazy that, you know, of course, that made the rounds all over social media on Thursday, you know, rest in peace, yeah. Eli. I'm like, wait, what? what? Yeah, I saw that too, like, RIP Eli. You're like, what? I'm not talking about Elohim Menace, and I click on it like, really? This is what this is. This is the stuff that I'm talking about. People, I can understand people joking to a certain extent. Now, certain things you cannot joke about. There's a line that's that's that you should not cross. But I can understand to a certain extent people trying to be funny. But really, you didn't have to do that. Now, I wasn't upset, but I was like, really, really. <laughs> There's some things that's just not meant to be said, and you're not. It's not. That was just stupid. Like I said, you can take things with a grain of salt on social media. Don't take everything seriously. It, it, it's, it was just weird seeing that Crazy. yesterday. It was just weird seeing that yesterday. But, you know, like I said, hopefully, you know, at the, at the earliest, he'll be back in August. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if he doesn't come back till September. I know pectoral muscle injuries are usually, like, the hardest to figure out. You don't want to, you don't want to push it. So, you know, we'll see how long he is out. But, I, I just thought that was weird yesterday. <laughs> yeah. 
couple more things from Thursday night's opener for the White Sox. So Jose Abreu went uh, one for three, and Johan Makana went two for three. It's nice to see Johan Makana kicking off 2021 with a bang. Yeah, that that was a lot. That that was good to see, and you know, you you want that from Mankata, especially with Eloy being out. You know, you're gonna have to see guys like Grandal and Mankata, and you know, guys like that to step up more. So, be it, you know, that was great. That was great to see. Hopefully, he can keep it up. Yes, hopefully he can keep it up. Now to the north side, where the Cubs had over ten thousand fans as. Wrigley Field was open up to 25% capacity on Thursday. The home, the home fans saw their team lose to the Pittsburgh Pirates by the score of 5-3. to three. Kyle Hendricks, Lakina, did not look good. He was pulled early. The Pirates offense jumped on his mistakes and jumped on it early. The Cubs <laughs> will break down the box score and what happened in the notes of both of the game in just a second. But just from the outside looking in, Lakina, I was uh, – did have did have a chance to check out some of that game via my television <laughs> uh, for, for a few minutes. It seems to me now this is on the outside looking in. It seems to me that the Cubs have carried their mistakes from the last couple years down the stretch into this season. Uh, you get runners on base, you can't advance them, then you strike out and you can't move the runners. Ever since 2016, Lakina, this Cubs team has failed to move runners along. I know the home runs can carry you for a while, but eventually the home runs are going to stop. you got to create runs to create opportunities. Unless you saw something that I didn't on Thursday. This team, they they didn't show a, a, a whole lot of uh, creating opportunities. Just getting runners across home plate, I didn't see that too much on Thursday. I'm, I'm sorry I'm, I'm sounding like I'm overreacting, but from the few minutes that I watched live, I didn't see any aggressiveness on the base pass for the Cubs. Yeah, oh yeah, you know, two hits against the lonely uh, Pirates. That's not gonna, that's not gonna win me a lot of games. And look, you know, Hendricks has openly admitted that. Look, you know, my, you know, in, in April, and if you look through his numbers, it, it, you know, he is right that he's not, mm-hmm. you know, he does not very productive in April. You know, he, it gives him a couple, you know, gives him a couple of starts to kind of get him back into his groove. So Hendricks are not worried about, of course, the the batting. Look, that's been sort of a lingering issue the last couple of years. And you know, two hits against the, you know, against the Pirates. That's not gonna work. Work that's not gonna win you a lot of games, and, and I just think that you know what what's uh, what's what's the problem here? I mean, you change pitching. You, I mean, you change hitting coach. I should say you left four on base, and you know, of course, I think the the Pirates are like like well, like ten or eleven, so that they they got them on that. Or actually, fifteen at the Pirates mm-hmm. left. So that's you know, but the creating opportunities that's gonna be the thing. And look, I mean, if they don't, if they end up losing this series with the Pirates. You know, then that's why I'm a little concerned. But if they end up winning the series, I'm not too worried about it. I mean, look, I mean, if some guys overachieve, you know, in, you know, in, the, in the opener and, you know, some guys underachieve, you know, that, that's just what happens. So I, I'm not too worried right now. I think this team, I think this team is going to compete for a wild card spot. I'm not, I don't think they're going to be a division, you know, going to be in the run for a division. But again, you know, we'll see. But I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to overreact. Like the White Sox, I'm not going to overreact what I see from the Cubs, at least not this moment. The Cubs were all for five with runners in scoring positions. I mentioned Jason Hayward was all for one. Baez, all for two. Ian Happ, all for two. Uh, Men left on base four. Uh, Like I said, Lakina, this offense has to be aggressive at some point because you cannot depend on the home run. It's not going to carry you for – it's going to carry you for a while, but it's not going to carry you for a whole season. So that game plan – 
well, now look, work in the long term, especially come postseason. But we're not in the postseason. We're just getting started here on this season. So that's something that the Cup fans should be aware of and pay attention to. Now, take a look at Cal Hendricks' numbers from Thursday. Uh, he took the loss. He only pitched three innings, gave up four hits, three runs, including three earned runs, walked three batters, struck out four, and gave up a home run. Lakina, I'm not going to say sit here and say that I'm worried about Cal Hendricks. Uh, he didn't have his best stuff, but – Looking at that game on Thursday, it was more about the offense than Kyle Hendricks, to be honest with you. If, if you're a Cubs fan, you expect Kyle Hendricks to pitch like Greg Maddox lights out almost every time. It's just not going to happen. He's still a very good pitcher, but you can't expect him to keep uh, keep the opposing team shutting him out all the time. It's just not going to happen. The man is human, just like everybody else. He's going to have a bad performance every once in a while. It just so happens to happen, uh, it happened on Thursday. But this is where you need your offense once again. I blame more of the office than Cal Hendricks from Thursday's loss. Yeah. Well, like I said, I mean, you can't be getting two hits against the Pirates who are expected to mm-hmm. win only like 50 or 60 games. He can't do that. So, you know, hopefully you know, they're, they're off today, you know, of course, you know, on, on Friday. Hopefully they can bounce back. And, you know, I, I, I'm thinking that mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not going to like, oh, my God, no, they're going to say, okay, I'm going to, you know, take them <laughs> back and just, you know, Ooh, look, you look, you look at the rest of the league. I mean, but the Blue Jays beat the, the, Yan- the Yankees yesterday, uh, on Thursday, I should say, in a, mm-hmm. in a great 10-8 and thriller. I'm not going to you know, freak out if you're a Yankees fan. I'm not gonna, they're not going to freak out over, like, oh, my God, they lost to the – but the Blue Jays are actually a pretty good team. You know, they, they may challenge the Yankees for the division. You know, the, the, the Tigers won. Do you, do you think they're going to win the division? So I think people just need to kind of just you know, take a step back and sort of say, okay, you know, well, let, let's not you know, freak out after one game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and here's another step before we move on to the rest of the action from Thursday, Lakina. Uh, Pittsburgh, uh, with runners in scoring posi- position, they were 3 for 20, and they left 15 men on base, but somehow they uh, scratched five runs across the plate. And that's a sign of taking advantage of the other team's mistakes, and that's what they did on Thursday. Now, m- moving on to the rest of the action from Thursday uh, from Major League Baseball since it was opening day 2021. As you mentioned, the Blue Jays beat the Yankees in 10 innings, 3-2. to two. I did watch a little bit of that via my computer. <laughs> uh, the, the Yankees, as I mentioned before, uh, they're still going to be a good team. But Garrett Cole actually kept them in the ball. He had the shaky first couple of innings. He settled in. But the Yankees' offense, where is that hitting going to come from? I know Aaron Judge and... John Carlos Stanton, hopefully both of them will stay healthy for an entire season. I know DJ LeMahieu is back, but who else is going to care if the Yankees offense is one of all those three guys should struggle? And that's going to be the number one question, right? I mean, if the, if the hitting isn't good, the pitching has to pick up the slack. If the pitching is not, not good, the hitting has to pick up the slack. So it has to mm-hmm. – they all have to kind of mesh, you know, in, in between. And that you – know, I actually watched like was able to watch that game, and it, it was very – it, it was a, a very thrilling game, you know, three, two, you know, mm-hmm. pitchers duel. And, and, you know, and you hope that if you're, you know, if you're a Blue Jays fan, I think you'll definitely take it because I think they've got a lot of young talent there and they can definitely challenge for the AL East. And, you know, for the Yankees, you just say, okay, you get six hits, but you left a lot of guys on base. So I'm on, you left 10 guys on base. So that that's going to be the, the kicker for you. And you don't want to have that kind of, you know, could, kind of thing happening consistently mm-hmm. consistently throughout the season, especially in the long season. This will be this year. 
Yeah, you mentioned that Tigers 3-2 win over the Cleveland Indians. Uh, yeah. Miguel Cabrera, what a slide. In he thought snow- that it was a, 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 a double because of the snow. Yes. And the, see, the umpire called it. It was a home run. I was like, that, that was awesome. <laughs> I don't know if you saw the video from uh, Tiger, DetroitTigers.com and on their Twitter feed. Uh, it was like uh, a movie style, like uh, cinematical. I was like, that is so cool. And I did uh, – post a, a video on my Twitter at SidKid80. I was watching that game live via my computer. <laughs> and I was like, that was so, the announcers, I forgot who they were. I think Kirk Gibson was the analyst. I forgot yeah. who was the play-by-play announcer. But they were talking about, well, they should play. Uh, this looks like the old Lions-Packers game from outside from back in the day. <laughs> I was like, that, I was like, looking at the snow, that was so cool. Of course, it, it lifted uh, later on in the game. But I said, I remember a home open, I believe it was with the Yankees back in the late 90s. It had like a bunch of snow floors. Yeah. I don't know how that game got played. I don't know what year that was, but I, was, I, was, I remember an opening day like that worse than that. I was like, how can you play baseball in the snow with heavier floors uh, like that, uh, like in New York back in the late 90s? But uh, shout out to the Detroit Tigers. I know I uh, had my opinions on A.J. Hinch, that cheater, but they got the win on Thursday. But looking at that game in light snow floors, that was pretty cool to, to witness. It was like a little snow globe, and you know, when he seen Mickey, you know, he he didn't he didn't know, like you said, he didn't know it was a he thought it was a double, he didn't know that it was a home run. <laughs> like, oh, 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 it was a home run. Okay, cool. So I'll just run the base, finish running the bases, and that that was really cool to see. You know, and a nice look, a nice win for Detroit. Another game that kind of stood out to me was a Phil, the Phillies being Atlanta, another ten mm-hmm. inning here, three to two, and and look, I mean. Could it be these two teams for the division? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, look, the Mets couldn't play yesterday. We'll get to them in a minute. But, you know, mm-hmm. I, I like what I saw from the Phillies. I mean, that that should be that should be another team that you probably can watch. And, you know, that they, they – look, they both teams had kind of like had their struggles, which, look, a lot of teams are going to have their struggles, especially in these early games. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I'm not going to freak out, you know, a team that scores like Atlanta, like they only scored two runs. They left a lot of guys on base. Okay, mm-hmm. fine. It, look, it's, it's going to happen. You know, it's gonna take them a while, and look, that that was a really thrilling game. You know, some of these games were actually pretty good on uh, on Thursday. I mean, you know, April first, you can kind of you know take it for what it's worth with the jokes, but mm-hmm. it, some of these games were actually really really exciting. Yeah, speaking of another exciting finish, you know, Lorenzo Cain, uh, the former Kansas City Royals, scored the winning run for the Milwaukee Brewers, Brewers yep. as they defeated the Minnesota Twins six to five. I couldn't finish. Um, uh, at uh, the game because I had other things to do. But I did watch some of that game from the beginning. Uh, it was very competitive early. As we said before, Lakina doing our uh, uh, preview segment on for this show uh, last week, uh, watch out for both of these teams. The Brewers are kind of a mystery team in the NL Central, while the Minnesota Twins, they're going to be a battle with the White Sox in the AL Central all year long. Yeah, that was a that was a pretty good game. I saw the highlights of that. That was a, you know, a, nice, a nice run, you know, a nice, you know, um, game-winning, you know, hit there by Kane. And, and look, like, like I said, it's great to have these kind of games because, look, baseball needs to buzz. So another good yeah. one that a lot of people probably didn't see because it was late at night, you know, the Mariners beat the Giants 8-7 in 10 innings. So that was a pretty thrilling, you know, game. I watched a little bit of that, but, you know, it, mm-hmm. it was late, so I had to, <laughs> had, to go to, <laughs> had to go to Sleepy Town. But, um, you know, for yeah. you, you know, it was sort of a, a, a walk-off walk. <laughs> that's, how, that's how they ended up winning the, winning the game. So, you know, mm-hmm. that, that's, that's kind of rare that that happens. But, yeah, that was a pretty exciting game. And, you know, another one of these teams will probably make any noise in their, in their respective West divisions. But, you know, that was a pretty thrilling, thrilling game nonetheless. 
Also, another team that people are watching out for is the San Diego Padres. They defeated the, uh, the division rival Arizona Diamondbacks 8-7. to I did catch this game via my computer on the replay. <laughs> and that San Diego offense, woo, it is amazing. Eric Cosma had a home run uh, on the, um, among his first three hits of the ballgame, drove in three runs. Uh, we talk about Fernando Tatis Jr. Lakina. He's probably one of the best young players in baseball. As I mentioned, Eric Hosmer. Uh, that San Diego Padres team, they have an underrated lineup, and it, it's going to scare some people. The, the Dodgers, even though they're the class of the NL, the class of that division in NL West, they better watch out for San Diego. They're not playing. I, I'm looking forward to when they those two play each other because oh, it, yeah. it's it's going to be – I must see TV. I hope they're all televised too on ESPN or either Fox, you know, either one of the Fox networks. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, baseball needs that, that buzz. So, yes, these are two West Coast teams, but these are pretty good West Coast teams, including one of the defending World Series champs. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to when they play because I think it's going to be a slugfest, you know, the whole time. It's not going to be like, you know, in previous years where the Dodgers were able to kind of just run away and hide in that West. You know, the, the Padres are like, hey, look, you know, we're here too. So I'm looking forward to when they play each other. Yeah, speaking of the L.A. Dodgers, they dropped their opener to the Colorado Rockies. The defending champion Dodgers dropped their opener at Colorado 8-5. to five. Clayton Kershaw, I don't know why he got the start of opening day. Lakina, he did not look good down the whole stretch in spring training. Like I said, I'm not going to overreact. And Dodgers fans shouldn't overreact either. But like I said, Walker Buehler is the best pitcher on that staff. And then Trevor Bauer is second because of his credentials. But Lakina, uh, the bullpen has hurt the Dodgers again. They got away with it last year. They were healthy most, uh, most of that playoff run despite Kelly Jansen's uh, issues, even though he had COVID last year, so we'll give him a kind of a pass on that. But besides that, uh, the bullpen for the Dodgers were, was an issue on Thursday. And Colorado, who are starting over, they took advantage of that. But also, too, their offense kind of let them down. He had 15 hits, but he had left 14 guys on base. So, mm-hmm. and look, the Dodgers are actually were, have always been pretty good when it comes to runners on base, so that's a little bit of surprise. They had 14 on. Of course, they lost. So I'm not worried about it. I know, yes, Kershaw had his struggle. He gave up 10 hits. But, again, you know, the, the bullpen was able to kind of, you know, keep it down, you know, hold down the fourth, though, and kind of sort of keep the damage to a minimum. But, you know, to me, it was more their offense that kind of let them down yesterday, the Dodgers. On Thursday, I should say. Mm-hmm. And speaking of offense, the Kansas City Royals, another team in the White Sox division, uh, they defeated the Texas Rangers 14-10. to That's right. It's not a typo. <laughs> 14-10. Both teams scored five runs in the first inning. Lakina, I did uh, see this on the highlight package. Uh, is this a football <laughs> game between the Dallas Cowboys and the Kansas City Chiefs? <laughs> well, no, actually, actually, since remember they're AL, so it would be the Texans, you know, Chiefs over the Texans in this game. But, yeah, I, I saw mm. yeah, I mean, the score. Yeah. I saw the score. I'm like, what in the what in the world? I mean, you know, 30 hits, and but remember the Rangers also had three errors, so that's why the Royals yeah. were able to kind of pull that out in the end. And you know, 14, 10. I mean, look, I mean, you wish you had these kind of games, right? I mean, this would probably get people yeah. more more young folks to watch if you had these type of scores. Yeah. But you know, it was definitely a it was definitely a wild um, wild game, and a and a, you know wild. You know, the last couple of innings were pretty wild too. So, you know. You know, you wish you had these kind of games more often. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe the you know, Rays wouldn't be an issue for the MLB. But that's that's another that's another story for another another um episode. But this was a fun <laughs> game to watch. <laughs> 
Yeah, and, and I was getting ready to say, say um, back to that Rangers-Royals game. It's, it's like the, the steroid era of the late 90s and early 2000s. It's like, okay, uh, keep hitting, hitting this ball like a six-inch softball, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, those old six-inch games from uh, back in the day. So, you know, this, mm-hmm. is a, this is a very, this is a very uh, interesting game, very entertaining, entertaining game, too. If you didn't get a chance to watch, watch the replays. You'll, you'll see why it was so entertaining. Mm-hmm. Now, a couple of, now, there was one game that did not get played because of COVID. Three Nationals players tested positive and also mm-hmm. contact tracing. So that whole, that whole series with the Mets is, you know, mm-hmm. is postponed. So... Both teams, at least the Mets, won't be able to play till uh, Monday. But mm-hmm. you know, you hope that this is going to be a big issue. So, you know, COVID's still around. Mm-hmm. Yes, people are getting vaccinated, and more vaccines, thankfully, are becoming more and more available and more, you know, with the rollout. But uh, again, you know, this it's still around, folks. You know, wash your hands, keep your ma- keep your mask on, you know, keep your distance. So, just a little PSA for this weekend. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Like, you know, we talked about this before we started recording. We'll get to what the commissioner of uh, of both the NFL and Major League Baseball said uh, are regarding protocols and potential crowd capacities. We'll get into that later on in the show. But like like you mentioned, like, you know, the, the baseball players, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how these teams are handling because, like, I don't want to bring – politics too much into this, but that's what controls everything. Uh, I don't know if you called uh, President Joe Biden, President of the United States, for those listening outside the United States. Um, <laughs> pre- U.S. President Joe Biden, he was on Sports Center with Sage Steele the other day. And Sage asked him a question about what what advice would you give people that are on the fence about getting that vaccine? Of course, he said, they should get the vaccine. I said, okay. And, we, and you brought up this question before we started recording. You, you asked, uh, how, how would uh, the, these teams uh, ask, uh, not ask, but how would they approach uh, the, the players of getting the vaccine? The vaccine. Yeah, the vaccine uh, yeah. And I say, I think most of them will get it, but you cannot force somebody to get it if they don't want to get it. Well, I'm Yeah, not... you can try to shame them and say, oh, you do it for whoever, do it for society. If you want to see things back to normal, you better get that vaccine. I was like, you, you cannot use scare tactics. It may work on some folks, but it's not going to work on me or it's not going to work on uh, players. I, and, I, and I get it that they make a whole lot of money and I get it. They're there for our entertainment. I get it. But you cannot force someone to do what they don't want to do. Look, I, I look. I brought this. We brought this up before we recorded. Said, you know, they try. I don't know if it, I don't know if it was the NFL. I know it wasn't NBA, but I know it was. I don't know whether it was the NFL or the NHL. One of the leagues, you know, years ago. For those of you, you can Google it. But one league tried to get their players to make the flu shot mandatory, getting the flu shot every year. Mm-hmm. That didn't go over well. I think the, I think the union sued, and you know they were able to win it, and you know they haven't. <laughs> You know, brought that up since, and they're not—they're not, they're not going to do it here either because, again, freedoms and also not, mm-hmm. not just not just you know, the anti-vaxxers. Of course, they're out there, but you got folks. Look, when it comes to the black community and the history of you know using being used as guinea pigs and you know and and those mm-hmm. type of things, understandably, that's why you know folks like us that are are very you know hesitant when it comes to taking the vaccine. Yeah, and there are other reasons too, religious reasons and stuff like that. So you can't make the players. Or anybody for that matter, get the vaccine if they don't want to. So I know because I, I, I really I'm really getting irked by your folks that well you should do it for this you know like you said so you should do it for mm-hmm. society do it for your peers or you know your siblings or whatever or who are but but look I mean hopefully you know we get to a point where more some folks more and more people get vaccinated we get herb immunity so you it won't be an issue so I uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
it's going to be interesting to see how these teams and these leagues sort of like, you know, play around with the rollouts. Because I heard Stephen A. Smith say, you know, not to go off to the NBA, but, you know, a few weeks ago, Stephen A. Smith said, well, well, LeBron should tell everybody what he's doing with the vaccine. No, he shouldn't. He doesn't know. <laughs> really, Thank Stephen you. A. So, you know, it, it's, just, it's just stupid. And look, I'm going to, look, I'm going to quote Matt Nagy, you know, how, I don't know how y'all feel about him right now as a Bears fan, <laughs> you know, Bears coach, mm-hmm. of course. Do you, be you, you know, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, speaking of LeBron James, I know he said publicly it's a private matter to him, and he's right. At the end of the day, the shot goes into his body. Not your body, not anybody else's body. That shot will go into his body if he chooses to do so. He's doing it for himself, and I'm assuming for his family as well. So, you know, that shot is not going to go into your body for him. It's going to go into his body. So, folks that's criticizing LeBron James, worry about yourselves, please. And there have been some, and there have been some side effects, you know. There have been people who've had like rashes in their arms, and you know, among other things. Yeah, they some. I think like I don't want to say it was because of the vaccine, but I guess you know someone mm-hmm. took the vaccine. You know, young lady took a vaccine and she died. So um, we don't. Nobody really knows if there was a vaccine, but her her you know her family thinks it was. So again, you know, people are going to have their concerns mm-hmm. about it. So look, let you know, be you, do you, you know, do whatever you mm-hmm. want to do. You don't owe anybody anything. Look, just just you know, wash your hands and you know just be considerate and use common sense. Yes. And mic drop. <laughs> You're listening to the weekend edition of Second City Sports along with Lakina McGee. That is she. I am Sydney Brown, which is me. Lakina, since we have a few minutes left, let's go to basketball. But on the college side, it is now Final Four weekend from Indianapolis. Uh, the, the two games will be played in the Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis, Indiana. The first game will be up at 4.14 p.m. Central Standard Time. The whole Final Four will be on CBS this year. You have number two, the Houston Cougars, taking on the number one seeded Baylor Bears. And then at 7.34 p.m. Central Standard Time, on, also on CBS, you'll have number 11, UCLA, UCLA Bruins, the Cinderella's of this year's tournament. They'll uh, take on the number one seeded Gonzaga. Before we break down uh, some of these key matchups, Lakina, I did say on our previous show with Gabe Salgado, Athlon Sports, that we did live also, also along with our, our contact director, Kyle Mains of War Media. I, I did say we was going to have some minor hiccups in the, in the tournament. It turns out we only had one game forfeited, and that was a, a VCU-Oregon game. Outside of that, if you're, what grade would you give the NCAA? I would give them an A-. minus. Because we're here at the Final Four. Hopefully nothing else happens between now and Monday in the championship game. Uh, uh, as we said before, we're just happy to get the tournament back. It's been an interesting tournament, and I think it's going to end on a high note. I'm cautiously optimistic, but it's going to end on a high note. You only missed one game. Uh, the NCAA, we all have a lot of choice words to say about, about them on the negative side, but I'll actually be fair and give them an A- minus on this side. Yeah, I'm giving an A minus too. I mean, look, we were all sort of wondered, okay, how are they going to be able to do this? Because you can't have these teams travel all across the country. You just can't do that. We know it was going to be feasible mm-hmm. this year. So, you know, the, the, especially with them not having a tournament last year, to come hell or high water, we talked about it, said that they were going to make it mm-hmm. happen. They were going to get a yep. tournament. We were going to get a tournament in some form or fashion. And look, so far, they, they it's been really good. Like you said, the only you know the only team that had issues was VCU. And, you know, unfortunately they had to forfeit, but, you know, nothing, mm-hmm. you know, nothing really big after that. And, you know, they're kind of in a bubble too. So, yes, they're kind of, they're letting fans in, but they're kind of putting the players and the coaches sort of, you know, in, you know, this little shield. So, 
Mm -hmm. You know, don't have to worry about any like outside issues because I think all four. I don't know. I don't know if UCLA had COVID, but I know I know the other three have had COVID had COVID issues early in the season, so Mm -hmm. you know they were able to kind of combat that. But hopefully, we won't have any issues with that. And as far as the games are concerned, I mean, I think these two teams will be these two games will be very interesting. Well, we'll start with um, Houston and Baylor. That's uh, that's sort of a matchup from the old Southwest Conference. For those of you who remember that, yes, the conference. <laughs> you know, they had taking it way had, back. Yeah, they had their issues. Um, you know, Houston's making their first appearance in the Final Four since the five slam Jamma days back in the early eighties. Eighty four was actually their last trip to the Final Four. Baylor's making their first appearance since like nineteen fifty when they were in the Southwest Conference. So mm-hmm. it's been a long time for these for both these teams. I'm, I'm looking forward to the match between Quentin Grimes, who is the American. Player yes. leader and Jared Butler. That should be that should be a lot of fun. You know, both are leading scorers of particular teams. And look, Houston Houston can defend the three very well. And you know, Bay mm-hmm. likes to shoot the three. So I'm looking forward to those that matchup in in that sense. And look, I, I think you know Houston's got to like you know, are they quick? You know, but Baylor's quick and you know. Baylor's sort of a good all-around, you know, three-point shooter. But like I said, Houston can defend a three. So this, but this should be a very interesting game. It's sort of like a, this is kind of like a redeem tour for, you know, for Kelvin Sampson. Of course, all this stuff that happened over in Indiana, he's kind of was able mm-hmm. to, took, took, you know, took about a year off, you know, to kind of, you know, you know, gather himself and sort of redeem himself. And now he's made Houston into a national power again. Baylor, we know what happened with, happened, you know, with the program years ago. Scott Drew came mm-hmm. in, you know, basically from scratch. And hopefully this call makes it something really good. I'm looking forward to this game. What about you? Yeah, it's going to be an all-Texas-sized matchup. I think <laughs> one thing it's going to come down to is rebounding, especially on the defensive end. Yeah. Just the Gorman leads, uh, yeah. leads Houston rebounding with 8.7. Uh, rebounds per game, 3.9 rebounds per average on the offensive end. So it's going to come down to rebounding, especially on the offensive glass. Uh, in any game in basketball, if you give a, a whole lot of offensive rebounds, you're going to lose. So I'm I'm looking forward to, uh, to watching both these teams. It's going to come down to rebounding. And I think Houston has a slight edge over, over Baylor. As you mentioned, Houston defends the three-point line very well. If Baylor can shoot the ball, uh, okay, above 40%, they have a chance. But Houston's very underrated defensively, and it's going to come down to rebound. I'm looking forward to see who rebounds uh, the ball the most and, and the best. And whoever has the edge is going to win that ball game. Offensive rebounding will be the key in this one. And I'm taking Houston in this matchup. Both these teams are very deep. So mm-hmm. I, I think that that's going to be the, the depth of the old. You know, fatigue won't, won't be an issue between them. You know, they they, they, they can both can go 10, 10, 11 deep, so I'm not worried about mm-hmm. that. Like like you said, Sid, if Baylor can hit their threes, they're tough to beat. You know, if if you know Hughes has a good does a good job defending the three, which are very good at, you know, they they they'll win it. So I'm thinking Baylor. It's going to be very close. It's going to come down to a wire, but I think a slight edge goes to Baylor. I think. As I said before this tournament, Lakina, I think Houston was in the same bracket as Illinois. Yep. And I said, watch out for Houston. They could make some noise, of course. We saw what Loyola did to the final line a couple of weeks ago. We saw what Oregon State did to Loyola and, then, of course, so on so on in that bracket. But Houston was the best team, obviously, coming out of that uh, Midwest bracket. Uh, they belong here for a reason, and they're going to give Baylor uh, a hell of a fight. Like I said, it's going to come down to offensive rebounding, and I think Houston has the edge. I know some people may call it an upset. Uh, I get it because not too many people watch Houston Cougars basketball across the country. So they're going to surprise some people later today. You listen to this on the Saturday via podcast style. So <laughs> <laughs> they're going to surprise some people. I have Houston winning this one. They're a very good team, folks. 
I'll be shocked if they get blown out. I'll be shocked. No, oh, I don't. Oh, that's not gonna happen. That's not gonna happen. I, I doubt. That's what I'm saying. I'll be shocked if Houston gets blown out, but it's gonna be a gonna very be a good game. Yeah, I think it's gonna go down to the wire. And like I said, I don't think it's gonna be a blowout on either side. I think this will be definitely a grinded out game. And you know, I have Baylor winning, but look, I would be surprised if Houston wins. I know. Look, this isn't the this isn't the oh, the early '80s slash of jam that people were used to back in the day. But this is a pretty good, mm-hmm. solid Houston team. So should be very interesting. The second game is. You got the number 11 seed UCLA Bruins taking on the number one seed and, you know, only undefeated team left, Gonzaga. Um, for this one, Sid, look, I, I know people are going to, like, freak out about, well, you know, I'm sh- uh, you know, I love that the tweets from folks always, they already kind of pissed this as a win for Gonzaga. Like, okay, Gonzaga, Sharpie, guys. Apparently, you guys haven't seen UCLA. Johnny Juzang, you know, who I love, you know, he's a you know, great facilitator. He can shoot the three. He can go inside. Jack has, that's Jack Quest as well. He's been a yep. star in this tournament as well for the Bruins. I like him. Oh, yeah, he, he's really good. He can definitely, you know, defend the, defend, you know, defend the paint, and he's really good at that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, also, too, you know, Tyler Campbell, who I know people like, you know, or they know it's his hair, but he's actually a pretty good player, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he definitely he can pass the ball well. And, yes, you know, because you got Jalen Suggs, you know, who can, you know, be a facilitator in the offense. You know, Drew Timmy. That young man is quick. Yes, he is. Um, Drew, Timmy, the, Drew Timmy, who can score, who can also rebound, mm-hmm. too. Look, I look. I mean, I know people are already you know, saying this is going to be a blowout, but look, I'm I'm kind of getting those. It would be ironic though, because you know, UCLA. This is this is the UCLA their first trip to the Final Four since they go all the way back to the K, the Kevin Love, Russell Westbrook, Jacob um, by Mute, and you know, remember those teams? <laughs> so those that was, I think the last trip was 08. I saw. 08, yeah, that. Yep, they were on that team. So mm-hmm. the a lot of you know Darren Collison too. So yeah, so definitely going the way back machine with that. So. I, look, I think that Mick Crow is going to use, use this as motivation. They've been using it all tournament long. You know, there were some people that said that UCLA mm-hmm. should not have been in the tournament. And it would be ironic, too, that a historic program like UCLA, you know, if they because they would be considered upset. I'm doing the air quotes here because mm-hmm. you're going to be watching this. You know, who are going to be listening to this, not watching this. But, uh, look, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not going to – look. I'm not gonna say that they're gonna win, but look, I you know if they do beat Gonzaga, I would be shocked. I know some people will be, but I won't be. What about you? I will be to an extent that uh, Gonzaga has been the number one team all year, and and uh, considered the conference that they played in, they 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 met the challenge. UCLA, I I can understand they're playing the underdog card because let's be honest here, the Pac-12, as we said on, on this program in the last few weeks since this tournament began. The Pac-12 has gotten no love uh, nationally, and rightfully so at times. But UCLA, they've earned it. They beat Michigan State. They beat Alabama. So, And they beat Michigan uh, the other night to, to get to the Final Four, even though it was an ugly game to watch on until the last couple of seconds. But UCLA, they deserve to be here, but they're going to run up against a better team. I know we said that against Michigan, and look what happened. So uh, I, here's the thing. I, I will go opposite on you. I'll be shocked if they, they uh, beat. Gonzaga later on tonight, but UCLA is going to have to play a perfect game. They're just going to have to. And my key to this game is turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. Whoever takes care of the the basketball the best, who has the least turnovers, they're going to win this game. It's all it's going to come down to. I, I, oh, I agree. I think that's going to be the thing. And, and I think, like you said, Sid, look, I mean, it's going to be an you know, uphill battle. It's a, it's a tall task. But, look, in a situation where it's, you know, one game and, you know, if you lose it, you're done, that, mm-hmm. that's all you need. 
That's all. That's all you need. Look, we look, yeah. we saw it. Look, we saw it in '91 when Duke beat UNLV. You know, in the national. That was, that was one of the best college basketball games I've ever saw. Yep. Oh yeah. For those and, of you that didn't see, especially for our younger viewers and listeners, go check it out in its entirety on YouTube. Yep. And um, um, you know the what, what, what I think it was 2015. I think was it that um, that I think you know the Carl Anthony Towns um, Kentucky team that they got they went all the way you know undefeated and you know they lost. They lost to Wisconsin with Frank Kaminsky. I called that on the Dean Davis show. We were doing our radio show down at the school. I called that. Yes. And shout out to Maya Kai, now official friend of this show. Yeah. I'm on her radio show at the time. She called it as well, the Wisconsin over Kentucky. Yours truly and Miss Maya Kai, we both were the only two people in Chicago that called that upset. I was actually thinking that maybe that it would be with it would, it would be Duke that would be them that the you know, Kentucky would get to the final game against Duke and Duke would be the one beating them because they've done it before. But <laughs> look, I was surprised with Wisconsin. You know, look, I saw that Wisconsin team. You know, with you know Frank Kaminsky and, and those the, the, the Chris the Orlando Tucker the you know the Chris Tuck the Orlando Taylor I think you know the Chris Tucker look alike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you Google his name, you know who I'm talking about. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, look, look, this is sort of like the same five of five I'm getting here because look, there's a reason why we haven't seen an undefeated since 1976 there's a reason for that it's hard mm-hmm. to do so i wouldn't be surprised but i think we're, i think we're gonna get a gonzaga baylor matchup for the championship time chance you came on on monday because we didn't get it earlier this season we were supposed to get it but you know Gonzaga had covid issues so we didn't get it so it would be it would be interesting if we do get that matchup but we'll see i mean the ucla may have something to say about that and houston too yeah my matchup for Monday will be Houston versus Gonzaga, but we'll see what happens in both those games should uh, uh, be a great contest coming from Indianapolis during the final four. Lakina, real quick, we have just a, about a minute or so left. Uh, Roy Williams, uh, a Hall of Fame basketball coach, college basketball. He has 903 career, career wins between Kansas and North Carolina. He announced on Thursday that he's going to retire. He is at the age of 70. Of course, North Carolina lost to Wisconsin this year in the NCAA tournament. But Coach Williams has three national championships, one with North Carolina in 2005. Boo, because of the alignment. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but he has a couple with um, – he has two with North Carolina uh, and one with Kansas. The Kansas one I remember uh, back in – what was it? No, no, it was uh, all three. The, no, all three. He won all three in North Carolina. North but Carolina. Okay, I thought he won one with Kansas, but no, okay. no, he, he got, he got, he got. I think he got close a couple of times. I remember the one in 09, 05, and what was the other one? Just a few years. I don't ago, have my Google machine in front of me. Twenty seventeen, just a few years ago. Okay. Remember, 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 remember that okay. year. The year. I'm not saying you're wrong in twenty seventeen, well, no, but no, no, I just no. I remember the 05 and 09. Yeah, if you re- you remember that 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 previous year in the last one they lost to Villanova with that buzzer beater by Chris Jenkins and yeah, yeah I remember that yes yeah and the year after that they actually beat Gonzaga to win it so that's right know. that's right yeah, yeah now I remember yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that was the last time Gonzaga was in the Final Four they played a great first half and they got their butts blown out in the yeah. second half that's yeah. why I have you Lakina. <laughs> Look, I'm look, I'm happy to help. And look, this this you know, as far as Coach Williams, look, I was shocked because I thought it was the April Fool's joke. They're like, wait a minute, is this an April Fool's mm-hmm. joke? Are you are you pulling a fast one on us? Where <laughs> he has a pretty good sense of humor, but you know, but I think he I think he's he himself that he doesn't really like the um 
direction of college too. That's why he's retiring. Like you said, three national championships. I heard uh, Danny Green, who now plays for the Sixers, he played on that old nine team that won the championship. And I remember he said that he didn't get any inklings. You know, he talks to him, you know, frequently, so he didn't get any inklings that he was going to retire. So. You know, that's kind of a surprise. A lot of people. He had mm-hmm. 29, 20 season, 20 win seasons. That's the first most in D1 history. 12, 30 mm-hmm. win seasons. That's the second in D1 history. You know, of course, he was inducted in the Hall of Fame in, in 07. Uh, like you said, he said 400 wins at both Kansas and North Carolina. Just an amazing career. Mm-hmm. And look, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what direction that North Carolina goes because there's gonna be a lot of guys that are gonna be vying for that job. Hubert Davis is one that you know another. You know, I was going to bring his name up. Also, Wes Miller, who also played for North Carolina. In the, I believe he's at North Carolina Greensboro, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, I think they went to the tournament. They've been to the tournament a couple of times since he's been there. So, I think those are the two names that are being, you know, sought after. So, I'm, I'm interested to see what, this, what direction they decide to go with. Yeah, I know Larry Brown, who was quoted yesterday saying that uh, it should be in the quote-unquote Carolina family. And I said, he's correct if they want to go there, Rep. Uh, it's not going to be you, my man, <laughs> only because of age. If this was five, ten years ago, probably, but not now. But uh, like you say, it's going to be interesting to see uh, uh, who they bring in, uh, if they should bring in someone the out- from the outside. So that's a prime job, and someone with a high-profile uh, high name will take that job. It's just a matter of who is it going to be. Well, it's look like I said, it's gonna be a very sought after job, and like you said, mm-hmm. Sid. I mean, if we if it if it's not either Davis or Wes Miller, you know, there's gonna be you know, some people say Kenny Smith, which I mean, let's let's bring. <laughs> I mean, look, I think Kenny Smith would. would I, I don't. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> it's, that, that's that's will be interesting if Kenny Smith decides to play North, you know, the coach of North Carolina, since he played there too mm-hmm. in the, back in the late '80s and early '90s. But he what, came in and was in when Jordan was going out. I know they played with each other for one year, I yeah, believe. In '84, and then yeah. Jordan left early to go to the NBA. Yeah, but yeah, but again, I think Hubert Davis and West Miller. I think those two are the favorites of, to get that job. And you know, I don't know. If, I don't know if they're gonna arm wrestle for it or what. But I think I'm just sure gonna try to keep the Carolina family. I think. Yeah, I see why not. Yeah. So, uh, Sid, you know, look, you know, kudos on the great career, Roy Williams. I'm sure. Yes. I'm sure, I'm sure there are going to be some people that are going to want him to do te- television or something if he decides to do that. So it'll be interesting what, what, where his career goes. Should be very interesting. Yes, it will be. So congratulations to him on a great career. Uh, going to the NCAA tournament, 30 of his 33 years of head culture. And Michael Jordan said, I don't know if you caught this quote, that uh, – uh, he was one, uh, Roy Williams, he was an assistant under the late Dean Smith at the time yep. when Jordan came into North Carolina. He was one of the first people to discover Michael Jordan coming out of high school yep. and recruiting him to go to North Carolina. So greatness has followed him throughout his whole career. So we commend you, Mr. Williams, on a great career. We're going to take this 20-second timeout on the weekend edition of Second City Sports. Lakina McGee is she, I am Sidney Brown, which is me. When we return, we're going to talk a little – uh, crowd control with involving MLB and the NFL, and we're going to get to Bulls. It's not looking good. <laughs> and we'll get into the best of the worst of this past week in the NBA. We'll preview some of the big games coming up this weekend around the National Basketball Association. And Lakina McGee has promised you from the last episode, um, it aired a couple weeks ago on TV One on Sun. She's going to give her review on the premiere episode of Petrie Morris Day. All that and more on the flip side. You're listening to the weekend edition of Second City Sports. Welcome back to the weekend edition of Second City Sports Zoom style. 
Zoom, Sile. Along with Ke with Lakina McGee, which is she, I am Sydney Brown. That's me. You can follow your children on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's SIDKID80. SIDKID80. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan underscore McGee on the IG. And you can catch our videos right here on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at WARR Media every Monday and Friday. And then you can catch our podcast edition the very next day, Tuesdays and Saturdays. Right here on YouTube every Monday and Friday at War Media. And then our podcast versions every Tuesday and Saturday. One more time, or as the kids would say, one more again. <laughs> you can uh, watch our show on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at WARR Media. Once again, at WARR Media. You can not only listen to us, but watch us do our thing live. And our podcast, you could go to War on Anchor. That's WARR on Anchor. Uh, it kicks you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and our iHeartRadio app. Type in that search engine box, War on Anchor. Thank you very much for your support in advance. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Yes. And we are unapologetically fun. Lakina, hopefully we can have some fun with this next segment as we kick it off talking about the Chicago Bulls in the NBA. The Bulls are currently on a five-game losing streak. Uh, they just finished up their West Coast road trip. They lost to the Golden State Warriors on Monday thanks to a big third quarter by Steph Curry. He finished up with 33 points for the contest. And on Wednesday, the Bulls had a five-point loss to the Phoenix Suns, 121-116, to thanks to Devin Booker's Booker's 45-point effort. Zach Levine did not play for the Chicago Bulls, as we talked about in our last episode, Lakina. He's resting that sore ankle. Uh, there was some balanced scoring in the starting lineup for the Chicago Bulls, Lakina. They just didn't have enough. Yeah, and I think that, look, the fact, I don't think if Steph would have played, I think the Bulls probably could have won that game. That's just my opinion. But, I mean, look, it's going to take some games to kind of get everybody to mesh together. You know, all, you know, I'm, I'm, look, I'm, look, I like what I'm seeing for guys individually. I'm looking, you know, Vooch is doing his thing. Thies is doing his, his thing. You know, it's not his fault that the Bulls are losing. Yeah, Vooch is, is doing his thing. Yeah, he's doing what he's doing what we've seen him do in Orlando all these years. So, I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not worried about him. You know, Daniel Thies, you know, he looks like a bull, right? You know, kind of like, he kind of reminds me of, you know, I don't want to say scat but you know only without their red hair but he's got a lot of the you other know, tattoos yeah. <laughs> and whatnot very very gritty you know he definitely definitely he'll definitely mm -hmm. be a cult figure here in chicago i mean look like you said you know the bulls have a lot of injuries right now so i'm not like look that that phoenix team you know yes they can be a little bit shrieky but you know also too with the mm -hmm. warriors but you know I'm, I'm not look it's gonna take a while for these teams to kind of you know mesh together and look i mean it's unfortunate that you know these injuries you got the you know, zach's hurt and kobe has a you know a strained mm -hmm. necks you know for being you know knocked around so much but I, i'm not too worried about it look they've got a tough they're going through a tough stretch of their schedule so you know, it will be asking a lot. I mean, I'm sure they'll probably use lose to Utah. You know, they have Brooklyn. You know, coming up tomorrow on Sunday. So mm -hmm. that that that's going to be a, a big, you know, a big, you know, plateau for them. But it gets a little bit easier as the week goes on. We'll talk a little bit about that. But I'm I'm I'm, I'm kind of like, okay, look, if they win one of these games, okay, that'll be an accomplishment. But you know, if everyone's healthy, I want to see how everyone looks when they're healthy. But you know, it is what it is. If the playoffs start today, the Bulls will be the number 10th seed playing in that play-in tournament. As I said during our 
NBA Bulls preview show back in December. I said the Bulls had an outside shot of getting into the play-in tournament. They still have an outside shot, Lakina, but they got to turn things around quickly and they get uh, some key guys healthy. Take a look at that box score from Wednesday's uh, loss at Phoenix uh, without Zach, without Kobe White. Uh, Thaddeus Young had 19 points. Larry marketed. He only had 16. I was disappointed in that. He only had 5 or 13 shooting, including 2 of 8 from 3-point land. But P. Will, Patrick Williams, the rookie out of Florida State, stepped up. He has 16 points. Vucevic was the only 24 score for Chicago with 24. And, excuse me, off the bench, Denzel Valentine. <laughs> in 29 minutes of action. Yes, I, I know. It's a shock to some people. But in 29 minutes of action, he was 3 of 9 from three-point range as he chipped in with 19 points. And Daniel Tice, as you mentioned, looking as the Bulls picked up uh, in that trade from Boston, he has six points and five rebounds. I like Tice. Of course, I remember him from his Boston days. He was on the San Antonio teams a few years back when no one knew about him. But watching him, of course, with the Celtics the last few years, he is a guy, as you mentioned, Bulls fans are going to love. He's the only guy um, that brings it every night defensively in the paint. But the Bulls problem had uh, problem been the last few years, even this season, uh, the interior defense has just been terrible. I'm not blaming Vucevic. It was a problem before he got here. It's still a problem now. But as you mentioned, the Bulls are trying to figure some things out. They just got to do it in a hurry. Can they do it enough to uh, make the playoffs? It remains to be seen. Well, and also to remember they're playing in the East. That Eastern mm-hmm. Conference is there's such a, you know, there's a big gap between the top three, you know, the Nets, the Sixers, and the Bucks to everybody else. I mean, after the Bucks, who are third right now, Charlotte, who are six games back of them. That's how big of a, a, a drop that is. So the Bulls are going to get into the playoffs because the East is so terrible. And, and hopefully, you know, all, you know, Kobe and Zach, they can all come back and kind of contribute. And these, all these new pieces will be able to mesh and, you know, look, I'm not going to say that they're going to be a top five, real six C, but I'm sure they're definitely going to be right there mm-hmm. for the play-in. Yeah, <laughs> the Bulls have the uh, potential to climb up a little bit if they can turn things around quickly. But I think that the position that they're in, they'll kind of be, uh, be right there, uh, perfect for the play-in. And I know some people in early in the season thought they could, they should tank, be, obviously before the trade deadline. That's not an option now because. That first round pick to Orlando is, uh, I believe, top four protected. Yep. So it's not going to do you any good to do that anyway. So you're not going to have a first round pick. So you have to, uh, this management with AK and Mark Eversley, the GM, they're saying real all in for this season as far as um, making another step to improving his team. But what they do over the summer, it remains to be seen. But focusing on the here and now, uh, we're all in to make the playoffs. Why not? Sure. Why not? Why not? I mean, look, I want to see this team be able to play you know, up there if they, you know, they might, they'll probably play at, you know, Boston or maybe even Atlanta if the, the playoffs started today for that play-in. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm interested to see what they do here because, like I said before, that the East is pretty much, you know, I don't want to say a dumpster fire, but it's sort of like a buffet because, you know, mm-hmm. after after the Bucks and the you know the Sixers and the Nets, I mean, it's pretty much everybody else. So, <laughs> you know, it, it is what it is. But you know, it'll be interesting to see how it gets a little easier for the Bulls later next week. We'll talk about that. But you know, this is sort of a murderous world schedule for the for the Bulls right now. It's a lot to ask, you know, especially when you have some of your top guys injured right now. Yeah, there's a lot to ask, but they, uh, every team's deals with injuries. Somehow you got to muster up, and the, the guys who are available to play, they must step in and step up and fill in their roles and, and compete for 48 minutes. That's what this Bull team, Bulls team needs right now. And they need players that are willing to 
come in and step up the next man up. So no one's going to feel sorry for you. So they just had to go out there, give it a full effort for 48 minutes. Hopefully you come out with the man. As you mentioned, Lakina, as you, I know you're going to break down the schedule coming up for this coming week, but it does get a little bit easier after uh, early Sunday game at home against Brooklyn, which they may have a shot at, by the way, because Kevin Durant is not going to play. Uh, I forgot who's the um, – and Kevin Durant has his own issues. We won't get into it here. No. But – <laughs> here, but um, James Harden, uh, he's he's been missing uh, uh, missing action time because of his Kyrie. hamstring. I know, I know, I know, it's not as serious as right. KD's, but uh, Brooklyn's going through it on the injury front right now. Yeah, so they they might they might have a shot again. We will will they win? We'll not say they will, but you know they have a they have a shot. I mean, look, Kyrie's been kind of in and out too with some. You know, some of his, in, you know, I think he has an ankle injury too. I think Kyrie does, you know, that, that he's, you know, pulling through. So, look, I mean, they, they may have a shot. Look, that one o'clock mm-hmm. game, I know it's a weird, you know, home game, uh, you know, Sunday, Easter Sunday. <laughs> but, you know, hey, what, what, what can you do? But, yeah, it should be very interesting, though, with that particular, you know, that particular <laughs> game. Now, we'll get to all the games a little bit. So, what has, but what has impressed you so far this week? Uh, as we normally do, we'll, let's go backwards. Of course, uh, this uh, this uh, third this past Thursday's action, uh, the Atlanta Hawks defeated the San Antonio Spurs in double overtime in San Antonio, one thirty four to one twenty nine. Clint Capella, I know Houston is going through a rebuild right now, but uh, Capella is benefiting from being on the new team, playing with Trey Young. He scored a. a a team high 28 points, grabbed 17 rebounds. DeMar DeRozan had a great performance with 36 points in a losing effort. But I want to talk about the different Nuggets, perhaps the hottest team in the league right now. They defeated the Clippers uh, on TNT this past Thursday, 101-94. to Jamal Murray led Denver with 23 points. Kawhi Leonard scored 24 for the Clippers. Looking at uh, Nikolai Jokic, Lakina, can you say he's the top guy for MVP only because – LeBron James is missing time due to injury. So is Joel Embiid. I mean, look, I think that they need they need to uh, improve their seating. I think you know they're the fifth seed mm-hmm. right now, and most definitely, if, if they're going to they're gonna be a you know a top four seed, I think that he may have a shot. But I think the problem is, is that you know they're they're number five, and they're not going to give it to a guy whose team finishes at number five, even if it is the Western Conference. So look, Jokic has you know is taking advantage of the fact that LeBron's out and Bead's out, Harden you know is in and out. Of course, there are going to be those mm-hmm. they're not going to vote for Harden because of what he did at Houston to get out of there. So because you know how some people are, so you know he might win it. But again, if, if LeBron comes back, you know he you know picks up where he left off, or if it be comes back and picks up where he leaves off, he left off. I mean, that, that's going to be a tough go around. But you got to think that Jokic, at the very least, is kind of like the leader in the clubhouse right now because he's actually healthy. <laughs> Going back the day before, which, which will be Wednesday, uh, the, Trailbla- the Portland Trailblazers defeated the Detroit Pistons 124-101. to Dame Dollar, as the kids will call him, Damian Lillard scored 33 <laughs> points, dished out 10 assists. I think Damian Lillard is sitting at the number two spot for MVP right now. Portland is slowly climbing up those standings in the West. You They're right have, behind Denver. 
You've been hot on Portland these last couple of weeks, especially now that they got everybody mm -hmm. back. You know, hopefully they're yes. stay healthy. And I think that's been the issue for Portland these last two years because, you know, there's always get like one one or two guys get hurt and, you know, kind of mm -hmm. leaves up to one guy, whether it's Lillard and or last, mm -hmm. you know, last maybe like a couple of years has been Carmelo. So hopefully they can kind of make some noise in the Western Conference. It's sort of there for the sort of there for the taking. Now, for me, I think the most impressive when I would think maybe – Probably Dallas beating Boston. You know, Luca had 36. Well, <laughs> I'll let you finish. Yeah, I mean, Boston, Boston is going back to their bad habits. I mean, they made some, yep. you know, questionable defense, you know, offensive, you know, possessions. Excuse me, because they were they were right there. You know, the, the victory was still there for them, and unfortunately, they weren't able to yep. capitalize. So, you know, I don't, you know, Tatum had 25, but I don't know what's going on in Boston. They're going back to their own, those bad habits that have plagued them these last couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a culture change will be uh, some good, but we'll see come after the playoffs are over with the, the Brooklyn Nets, as we mentioned, Lakina, they're banged up with the injuries right now. They defeated Charlotte uh, on Thursday and they defeated the Houston Rockets on Wednesday. So they won their last two games at home. Utah keeps on rolling. They defeated the Grizzlies on Wednesday. Uh, and uh, don't look now, Lakina. Those Milwaukee Bucks, I mm -hmm. did watch that game on Wednesday. They embarrassed the Lakers 112 to 97. Did you check out that block from Giannis Antetokounmpo yeah. on Alex Caruso? My goodness, that was a statement block. Well, for me, like, I, I think that the fact that, you know, LeBron's hurt and AD still hurt, and I think Drama had, they had to leave because of a toe injury. You know, he, he, he's going to be out a couple of games. So I think mm -hmm. for some of us, I think that this, this sort of, like, kind of rings hollow you know, look, that was a nice performance, but let's let's remember this Lakers team is still not at full strength. So mm -hmm. again, you know, of course, if you're a Bucks fan, you take the win. But I think right now, the fact the fact that you know, the Lakers are out, you know, are, and not healthy, mm -hmm. I think that kind of like this kind of this this victory. Okay, you'll take it. But again, you know, remember mm -hmm. they weren't healthy. And also, too, uh, hopefully Andre Drummond get will get back into the lineup quickly. He's not going to be out hopefully that long. Uh, Andre Drummond has not played a, a basketball game in over a month, so yeah. that's why I'm not surprised at what happened to him. So you could practice and get in shape all you want to, which is what you're supposed to do, but not substitutes for actual playing in a game. Yeah, that, that's sort of been his problem. And I think that's probably why his toe got, you know, as banged up as it did. Because, like you said, said he hasn't been playing in a month because he had to sit out because they were trying to trade him. So... You know, I'm, I'm, look, I'm, I think the word is that it's not serious. He's only going to miss a game or two. So hopefully he'll be back, you know, by the, by the, mm -hmm. before the weekend's over with. So, because I think the Lakers, you, you saw him, you saw him earlier. Look, they looked really good with him on the floor. Mm -hmm. So yes. hopefully he'll be back because they need to really hold down that fort until LeBron and AD will be able to come back. Yep. Also, too, before we move on to preview some of the key matchups. It uh, for this weekend. Russell Westbrook became the first player this past Tuesday in NBA history to score 20 plus points, grab 15 rebounds, and, and dish out 10 more assists. He did another triple-double as the Wizards, uh, in a losing effort, they lost to the Charlotte Hornets 114 to 104. Uh, Russell Westbrook with another triple-double, 22 points, 15 rebounds, and 14 assists. Lakina, I don't know if, if you want to talk about this quote-unquote foolishness here, but uh, I don't know if you caught the comments of what Stephen A. Smith said yes. on the first take earlier this week. Mm -hmm. What are your uh, thoughts on that? <sighs> Stephen A. as usual, putting his foot in his mouth. I mean, it, it look, it's unfortunate that 
that again I think Westbrook hasn't had a chance to win a title. I mean, look, I'm, mm-hmm. look, I'm sure he look, I'm sure he loves these, you know, the stats, you know, the individual stats. I mean, m- you know, this past month, March was a nighttime in you know Russell Westbrook's career that he averaged a triple double in a month. You know, that mm-hmm. is the most in the NBA history. So I, I'm sure he will love that stats, but I'm sure he will love to trade trade those for at least a title or a title, you know, yeah. run or a title, you know, contender. I mean, look, I look, I still feel that OKC team, if he and Harden and KD had st- stuck together, I think they would have won a championship. I stand by that. I know some people say, no, they wouldn't. Yes, they would have. I think if things had kind of went their way, Again, I think they mm-hmm. broke that. I think they broke that that big that particular big three up too early. But again, that's another episode. <laughs> but um, yeah. look, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure he would love to to be able to kind of play for a contender. Look, it's not his fault that the Wizards, you know, they're kind of, you know, that they've been not been. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> well, here here's the, the word they buy is that they're still right there. They can get into the play-in game. That's how bad the East is. That proved my point. Unbelievable. <laughs> that absurd, right? So I mean, Stephen yep, A. Yep. Look. Ugh, gosh. I mean, I have my own issues, Stephen A. But you, you go, you go, because I'm, 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 I'm done. I've, I've been done with him for years. So, what, what, <laughs> what's your take? Asa eight, asa nine, asa ten. There you drop. go. There you go. <laughs> that is your mic drop for today. <laughs> Nicely done. You- <laughs> You're listening to the weekend edition of Second City Sports along with Hakeena McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. That's me as we now uh, talk about the National Basketball Association. Lakina quickly let's move on to some of the key games for this weekend, starting with Saturday's action at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. The Dallas Mavericks will take on the Washington Wizards featuring uh, Russell Westbrook. He's averaging a triple-double for the season. Luka Doncic is leading the way. He's averaging 28 and a half points per game this season. Dallas, as we mentioned, again, they needed to turn it around that dunce these last few weeks. Yeah, they, they've looked really good these last few weeks. And, you know, what difference the last few months have made, right, Sid? I mean, there were, there were people mm-hmm. that wanted, you know, Rick Carlisle's head in a platter. Now look at them. Now they're the seventh seed in the West right now. So, you know, they, they've been they've been playing very well. And, you know, look, Luca. I think, mm-hmm. unfortunately, I think because of the, the team's slow start, he's not in the discussion for MVP. But, you know, he's sort of, you know, making a late push for it. So this should be an interesting game between, you know, him and Westbrook. That should be fun. Also on Saturday night, uh, not too many great games, but you can see individual players at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time. The OKC Thunder will travel to Portland to take on Dame Dollar, CJ McCollum, Carmelo Anthony, and the Portland Trailblazers. The Blazers are currently 29-18 right now. And then at the same time at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, the Milwaukee Bucks continue their West Coast road trip. They'll take on the young and hungry Sacramento Kings. That should be a lot of fun. Sorry about that, folks. I'm getting my uh, <laughs> charging my laptop here. But, yeah, that should be a lot of fun. I mean, I'm looking forward to that one. I'm going to try to watch that game in between the Final Four games via my laptop. So, I mean, this look, we know how scrappy Sacramento is. You know, we know how great Milwaukee is. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, I'm not going to say they're going to pull off an upset. The Kings will. But th- that, that should be, you know, don't sleep on them. So, I'm, I'm hoping that they don't look far ahead, the Bucks. All right. Uh, all right. Going Pete. to Sunday's action. <laughs> Easter Sunday, don't forget. <laughs> yes, yeah, Easter Sunday. Happy Easter to everyone who celebrates Easter. Yes. Um, Easter Sunday, 2.30 p.m. on ABC. That's Chicago time, of course. The Los Angeles Lakers, hopefully Andre Drummond will return for the Lakers as they'll take on the L.A. Clippers. The Clippers, Lakina, uh, they've been struggling here recently. I know they lost on Thursday at home to the Denver Nuggets. I know Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, I think, combined missed 22 games this yep. year. But yep. uh, hopefully both those guys will be healthy for Sunday as uh, they – 
Yeah, those are one of the teams that are ahead of the Lakers in the standings right now. So hopefully they get to take care of business there. And also at 5 p.m. on Sunday, the Charlotte Hornets will travel to Boston to take on the Celtics. Can the Celtics climb back to 500? Very scrappy Charlotte team. We know how scrappy mm-hmm. they are in Boston. Without LaMelo Ball, perhaps for the rest of the year. Yeah, so that the fact that they're still playing very well without him on the floor, it just shows you how, you know, deep, good, pretty, uh, pretty talented team the Hornets, Hornets are. And, look, this should be very interesting with Boston. Look, Boston have had their issues. So, you know, we'll see if they can bounce back because there's definitely going to be – heads are going to be rolling, you know, in Boston if they mm-hmm. lose this game to the Hornets on Sunday. Another game that I'm looking forward to is Memphis and Philly at six mm-hmm. o'clock. You know, if you guys, you know, if you, you went to church or you know, have you had your, had your dinner? You know, John Morant versus Ben Simmons. That should be a fun one. And and look, I mean, mm-hmm. that that should be look. Memphis is sort of like kind of right there. You know, trying to get into that. They're they're ninth in the in the Western Conference playoff race right now. So this will definitely help them in their seating. And the NBA TV doubleheader for Easter Sunday at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time is the Golden State Warriors at the Atlanta Hawks, followed by the Orlando Magic at the Denver Nuggets. That's at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time. So some decent action for Easter Sunday for those, for you pro basketball fans. Let's move over to uh, Monday's action for April 5th. You had the Knicks taking on the New Jersey Nets in the battle of the Burroughs on mm-hmm. NBA TV. That's at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. This game I'm looking forward to watch. To looking forward to watch. It's the Utah Jazz at the same time. The Utah Jazz will take on the Dallas Mavericks. Call me crazy. I think ESPN they should have uh, called the lead to see if they could switch this game. Yeah, I mean it's sort of like this is gonna be the during like the national championship game. So you know I'm I'm kind of <laughs> wondering okay like how are the Rays gonna gonna you know shake out because usually there are no NBA games but because of COVID you know they gotta do it. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing you know, Utah versus Dallas. I mean could we be seeing this in sort of the sometime in the Western Conference playoffs? Mm-hmm. We'll see. That should be that should be a very that should be a lot of fun and a very interesting game, no doubt. Yeah, so that's the key games you should be looking forward to this weekend in the National National Basketball Association. Lakina, uh, I know we have a few minutes left before we close up shop for this weekend's edition of Second City Sports. Uh, as we uh, talk about baseball, as baseball has started for 2021, Commissioner Ma- Rod Manfred uh, was quoted in saying that he expected uh, stadiums to be close to full by the middle of the summer. Of course, around the country, uh, the, the certain places are starting to open up, not just uh, stadiums, but restaurants, bars, amusement parks, things, museums, things along that line. And, of course, around baseball opening day, uh, most teams that open up between 20 and 25 percent percent capacity. I know Coors Field in Denver, Colorado, they open up to 42 percent capacity. Of course, down in Texas, where the Texas Rangers play, they were open to a full house. They will be open to a a full house for opening day. Uh, Fans still wearing their masks, but it's going to go back down to capacity level after opening day in the Global Life Bank ballpark. Of course, there were no fans allowed to watch the Rangers last season, but there were fans allowed in there to watch the League Championship Series and the World Series last season in that ballpark. And uh, we we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, Lakina. I did predict that that most of the stadiums would be towards full capacity, if not Exactly, full capacity around the all uh, around the All Star break, which is in the middle of July. 
I wouldn't be surprised if it's pushed back a little bit longer to maybe the end of the month or beginning of August, but I'm still going to stick to my prediction as of now. It should be close to full capacity by the middle of July because look here, even, uh, especially the, the city that we're broadcasting from here in Chicago, you're saying that maybe Taste of Chicago may be coming back for the summer. Lollapalooza may be coming back, but for this year it's going to be different. Concerts are starting to be scheduled at Wrigley Field this summer. So uh, the, uh, just like around the country, not just here in the city of Chicago, but these cities need money. They need people to start coming back. And that's how we operate in this society. It's a global economy. And so people are, are getting their vaccines. We want to get back to sort of a, a normal way of uh, living. It's the, we were locked down last summer. You couldn't go anywhere too much. And so people are looking for things to do. And now the weather is trending warmer. Yeah, that's why I'm, I'm kind of like hesitant because, you know, I'm not going to go to restaurants. I'm not going to go to bars right now. And, you know, just because I want to see, you know, make sure we get urban immunity because I think that's what, you know, what we want at this, at this point so that, you know, get more mm -hmm. folks get vaccinated. You know, we get urban immunity. So we'll see, you know, once, once people start, you know, getting vaccinated and become more mm -hmm. available to folks, we'll, we'll see where, where they go here. I think, look, I'm sticking to my, my initial prediction, like maybe, maybe like late August into September, we'll probably get, you know, full capacity or the very least somewhat full capacity because unfortunately numbers are starting to spike here in Illinois and especially in some other parts of the country. So that's why I think, that's why I'm thinking that maybe you know, folks are kind of like, you know, sort of, you know, kind of like being hesitant on, mm -hmm. on, you know, doing these type of things right now. So I, I hope so. I, but look, I think Raj Goodell said that he thinks that their, their stadiums are going to be full capacity mm -hmm. or the very least almost full capacity. That's probably more realistic for them. Because by then, mm -hmm. you know, more and more people probably been vaccinated and get herb immunity. And, you know, that I think that by then, you know, some of our friends, you know, who work in media, who, you know, covered the Bears and other in, mm -hmm. NFL teams, you know, they're, they're, they're getting vaccinated. So, you know, we're probably going to be seeing more and more of this. And, I, and, I probably, and I'm seeing by my, my initial prediction. I think by late summer, maybe like late August or into like mid-September, by the time the NFL starts, I think we'll probably see, you know, full crowds. That's probably, I would think, the probably more realistic shot. Yeah, uh, like, uh, in all due respect, I hope, I hope you're wrong. I hope my prediction becomes correct. Nothing personal, but hopefully sooner <laughs> rather than later. That was, that was my initial quote. Sorry, my brain works that way sometimes, folks. But, <laughs> but I hope it's sooner rather than later. But like I said, people are getting vaccinated now. Which the, the calendar just turned April. So like I said, we've seen more uh, old places that have been shut down, used as vaccination sites, so you could vaccinate thousands of people a day, whether it's the one-shot vaccination or the two-shot vaccination. So it, it, it's great to see. Like I said before, it's all part of a plan. And now getting back to baseball, uh, especially if you're the White Sox, uh, I know the, uh, their home opener is just, uh, this upcoming Thursday against the Kansas City Royals. It's expected to have close to 10,000 people, I believe, there. Yeah. So I think it's still available, I think, yes. from what I've heard. Yes. And so... But assuming that this team gets out to a, a hot start and assuming that everybody does what they're supposed to do, talking about wearing masks and social distancing, is for the most part, we've been doing that. Uh, if, especially the white sides, you know as well as I do, Lakini, they depend on crowd support. You know this as well as I do. And I had this argument with Kenneth Davis of Now That Davis Show in the Under Center mm -hmm. podcast for NBC Sports Chicago, who covers the Bears. Um, we talked about this in, in the past. Sox fans will show up when the team is winning, and you are showing them that you're putting forth the effort to win. When you're taking a step back and you don't care about winning, the fans will show up. You can use that argument uh, 
both ways. But this team is winning, and they're doing what they're supposed to do. The fans will come out, and, and with the more people getting vaccinated as we head down uh, uh, as we beginning spring here and before we get to summer, I think capacity will open up, not full, but you may open it up a little bit, hopefully by Memorial Day, maybe by early June. But if, if this team is winning, uh, there will be more demand for tickets. And if, if you're the White Sox, you want those fans in there. Hopefully, Chicago's mayor, Miss Lori Lightfoot, will approve it. And, and there's less of a risk from catching it because more people will be vaccinated by then. And so you just let people enjoy their lives and let them get back to do what they, what, what they want to do, enjoy, uh, enjoy life, enjoy a baseball game, and get back to some of the things that we used to do. Like I said before, everything's not going to be the same, but let's get back to close, uh, close to normal as possible. And that'll be interesting to see if it, when it, mm-hmm. when it, if that comes. I think it's it, look, we're almost there. Like I said, we're turning the corner. Yeah. You know, we're kind of going down the home stretch. I think people just need to be be patient. You know, if you want to get vaccinated, you can, or hopefully people mm-hmm. around you can get vaccinated so that way you know, herb immunity, and you know, hopefully we can get back to some type of normalcy because. I think people want it. They people are kind of running out of patience, but look, we gotta we gotta stay the course, folks. Let let's you know, let's get we're almost there. Let let let's get there, and hopefully we can do that sooner rather than later. I'll be look, I'll be happy to be wrong if that's the case, but I'm, I'm thinking I think that's probably mm-hmm. what the direction we're gonna go. And we were in a different situation last year, uh, obviously, Kenan, where we said at the time the NFL. What they had was time. We saw what happened. Only yep. a couple of teams that let fans in the in the stands uh, at the start of the season. Of course, we saw that increase uh, during the playoffs with Buffalo, Green Bay, and Tampa Bay was one. Uh, I think Kansas City, Kansas in City. Kansas City as well during the regular season. So you had a few teams in there, but but the majority of the teams, including here in Chicago, didn't let fans in at all. So that's going to be different. Thank goodness for this year. Well, I predict right now it's going to be full stadiums. You know this as well as I do, Lakina. The NFL, it's the shield. They could do what they want to do. Like you said, more vaccines obviously would have been out by then. The majority of people would have been vaccinated. So I'm sure there'll still be some guidelines here and there somewhere. But by the time the preseason kicks off in August, uh, you'll probably see a little bit more people because you have, especially in cities like here in Chicago, that well, we didn't have an uh, NFL preseason last year at all. So I think people. It'll, I think the attendance will be uh, a little bit, just a little bit more higher uh, during the preseason. One because it's three games, and number two, uh, people who haven't been to a football game in a year will be so happy to go. But once the regular season starts in September, now with the extra game, people will just be happy to go. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's going to be, and that's going to be the the the, the, the fifty, the other million dollar question. Will you know, how long will it take before we get to that full capacity? And I think, like I said, I think, like I said, I think by mid-September, I think the NFL, all the NFL stadiums will be, you know, will be at full capacity or at the very least mm-hmm. 90% capacity because I'm sure there's going to be some, you know, it depends on the level. At worst, at worst. Yeah, I'd yeah. say 100%, but at worst, 90%. Yeah, like, because there's going to be some, some, you know, some little fish that are going to kind of want to sort of, you know, do it very slowly and, you know, rolling things out like the vaccine rollout has been, you know, they're going to do the rollouts for the crowds and, you know, hopefully, look, hopefully we won't end up being like France. You know, they've had to close the borders again and, you know, now everybody, they got a mask mandate and they're basically back to where they were about this time last year. So hopefully that won't be the case here in the States. But again, I'm cautiously optimistic, I'm cautiously optimistic, but I don't think it's going to be the case here. 
because uh, like I said, everything's affected uh, uh, with the economically. So, and we can't afford to do that r right now, especially in, in this country. But also too, before we um, move on, pay attention to college football too, especially down South. Yes. You know, we saw crowds, huge crowds last year. Of course uh, it wasn't a sellout, but especially those games in Clemson and you know, Alabama, they didn't obviously they didn't have full crowds so they had the, not the smallest crowd in in school history and you saw the stadium look uh, especially in those aerial shots you're not as i said at the time you're not going to see that again and so i i think like i say if we continue to do what we're supposed to do safety wise we'll give a uh, full crowds coming this fall for both college and pro but pay attention to college yeah yeah i think look i think especially with last year with the big 10 and some of the other conferences mm -hmm. i know out west in the pac-12 they couldn't do it i know america i think the american conference i think some states were able to get half crowds but some states weren't so again at this point it's all gonna be like you know look i think people are just gonna have to be patient it's, it's a long way to figure out what's gonna happen between now and august when you know these guys mm -hmm. start practicing they're doing spring practices at some limited capacity right now so I'm, I'm thinking that it'll be very interesting to see what they do with this because like you said, like you said, Sid, I mean, not having that, you know, that, you know, having the crowds there last year in a lot of these places. I mean, it's hard. It was mm -hmm. hard to see how, you know, these guys were able to do it. I mean, I know in a big 10, I think in some States, you know, they only allowed that they like family members and close friends, you know, they, they limited mm -hmm. that. So it'll be interesting to see what they do here. I think that, look, I'm thinking that probably by then, you know, like I said, we were talking about late August or early September. So I think by, by that time, I think we'll probably be seeing full crowds for college football and pro football. Yeah. Uh, that's my prediction. I think so too. But like I said, you have time and the school would have been started by then in terms of college football with the students. So I know some of these colleges are, are requiring students to get vaccinated before uh, entering college. I know that's a whole nother debate here and there. So we won't get into that here, but let, 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 let's be real. Like, you know, probably the majority of the student population will be vaccinated by then. And like I said, you will get those full crowds just based off of that alone. Yeah, so I, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that, and I, you know, I'll be I'm looking forward to it. So let's 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 hope that that's mm -hmm. that'll be the case for them. So yes, and and those television networks, uh, CBS, Fox, NBC, I'm talking about for both the college and pro, they need those crowd shots. Uh, those those were real ugly crowd shots last year for both college and pro. As we said to you before, folks, uh, sports, especially now more more than ever in the era that we're living living in right now it is presented as a television show and without live crowds you have nothing you saw all these broadcasts from last year especially with baseball I was watching and listening to the local announcers on Thursday's opening day uh, took place in baseball we will never take the fans for granted again um, and uh, they, a couple of them said it without saying that you know pumping up the crowd noise it just wasn't the same mm -hmm. and all that so the, uh, these networks cannot wait. I, I guarantee you that they cannot wait to have uh, live fans in these stands as we talk, sticking with college and pro football. You'll get it for pro football, but like you say, you get it for college football too because it was weird last year outside those mm -hmm. uh, games in the South, as I mentioned, Alabama, Clemson for sure. Yes. Uh, it wasn't full, but it looked full because, full because of the way the fans were sitting, how they – had them distance. I'm using air crosses for those listening exclusively on our podcast. But uh, having full crowds at, at these college games, as we mentioned before, we won't get too deep in it on this episode. But those small college towns depend on that 
yeah. economic boost with the tickets, the souvenirs, uh, the restaurants, yeah. the, uh, the bars, the souvenir shops and all that. If they don't have that, like many of these small college towns uh, last year, they didn't have that. They suffered. Yeah, so... Yeah, so again, that's why we'll definitely see some type of big crowds. You know, maybe mm-hmm. not at 100 percent at first, you know, at first glance, but I think definitely going to be like 90 percent at most, at at worst. So I'm sure we'll be seeing that for a lot of these college towns, because like you said, a lot of these college towns they need the money. That's where they make their revenue for the year. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we can get back to that that type of normalcy too. Yes, uh, Lakina. Before we close out, I know you want to give your a uh, visual and verbal review of, of course, uh, TV, uh, TV One, the cable channel, has a series called Unsung, which they profile old school artists from the R&B, hip hop, and gospel world. Of course, last week's episode was Layla James. I had to catch up on that this weekend. Of course, this week's episode is featuring gospel legend uh, Hezekiah Walker. But two weeks ago, the debut episode for the new season premiered, and it featured Morris Day. Yes, yes, Lakina, yes. the floor is yours. Uh, oh, my goodness. You know, just, just to you know, see all the stuff that he went through and hearing about everything that he went through. I mean, had an abusive, you know, stepdad and, you know, most of, abusive father, I should say. And, you know, they had to, had to, he had, he and his, you know, sister and, and their mom, they had to move mm-hmm. in, you know, with, had to move away from there to go to Minnesota because, you know, it was getting too dangerous for them, you know. And look, I think the fact that him, his, his relationship with Prince is really what stuck out to me because mm-hmm. if, if you, you know, for those of you who saw, who watched it, I mean, you know, just some of the things that he went through, I mean, Prince was sort of like, you know, yes, he was this larger life figure, even though he was, you know, sort of a, you know, he was kind of short, but his, mm-hmm. his, his sort of his power got the best of him. And so yeah. he kicked um, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis out of the, the time, the band, the time, which, you know, mm-hmm. they, they were doing and, you know, they were, you know, cause they were, they were touring and writing music for other artists and, you know, they kind of went on to bear their better things. And like I said before, you know, Jimmy Jam was like, bye. Okay. You know, all right, yeah. cool. <laughs> all right, cool. I mean, look, you know, the rest is history with, with them. So, and also too, you know, I, I, I blame Mr. Day for bringing black, you know, fish nets and black pantyhose to the, to the, uh, to the lexicon. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very Great much. music video, by the way, of that song. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I, look, I, I personally blame him for bringing that to the, you know, to, to the hexagon here, but, um, lexicon, I should say, but yeah, I mean, like it was, it was, it was great. You know, he has, a, he has like five or six kids and, you know, he's, mm-hmm. you know, he's married now again, you know, he had, you know, depression issues with depression and, and mm-hmm. such so you know the fact that he's still he's still making music you know the time they're still touring occasionally of course you know they're not they're not doing it right now because of COVID when they and, and you saw where mm-hmm. they filmed when they filmed it you know when they filmed when they made Unsung I guess this is probably one of the reasons why they the season was delayed because of the fact that they had to make do interviews through Zoom and FaceTime and mm-hmm. Skype or whatever because they couldn't travel to these places so I'm um, it, look, it was a great episode, and uh, Sid, I know you didn't get a chance to to because we haven't had get a chance to talk about it. But yeah, you know, what what was your what was your um, synopsis of that that sh- that episode? I thought they would spend just a little bit more time on the Prince relationship because they're cousins, and of course, um, and they did spend just a couple minutes of of Morris Day talking about Prince after. Um, conversation after Prince died in 2016, but it was nice seeing Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis. It was nice to see Jerome Benton. I know Jerry he was a front man. Uh, he, he was the one that handled the mirror and, and danced yeah. with him and all that. So yes. it was nice to see him again. I wish 
Unless I missed something, Keen, I wish I, they would have had the white guy on. Where's he at today? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> there were a couple. Yeah, there were a couple of members that they didn't have on there, so I'm a little surprised. Yeah. Maybe they didn't want to do it, or maybe because of time, they didn't have they didn't have mm -hmm. the time to do it. But you know, look, it was great seeing Jelly Bean. Oh, I, I loved him. Yes. I mean, he was he was amazing. Yes. Like and he, Jesse Johnson. Yeah, he had a great solo career too. Yes, he did. And look, I mean, I think Jelly Bean. I think, I think he played for a lot of like some of the top artists, you know, R&B mm -hmm. after they broke up. So you know, all all of them actually ended up having pretty good careers so yes you know but i i mean <laughs> the fact that you know their music is the, the times music also morris day is still you know he still resonates with people you know folks our age mm -hmm. you know you know everything is is sort of you know i, I don't know I, mean, I think that's why i think i love we love the show like unsung because it kind of brings back memories also too that there's their music still stands even yes. now i mean you, know, yes. you saw that you know, like i said that they're they're on you know they're, they're all on tour together so you know, occasionally. So, I mean, I'm looking mm -hmm. forward to seeing what the season looks. I mean, I'll probably, I'll probably check out the Hezekiah Walker one, even though I'm not a really a big gospel. I'm looking forward to one that's coming out in two weeks though, about Keith Washington. That's the one I'm looking yes. forward to. <laughs> like, I, like I said, like I said, those of you who were born in the 80s and 90s, you know, he was probably the reason, you know, I'm just saying, you know, that, yep. that's probably, that's probably <laughs> how y'all were conceived. Yes, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, that's how probably y'all were conceived. Your, your parents were conceived, conceived y'all doing, you know, with a Keith Washington verse, so. Yes. I have a quick did you know from Morris Day before we get up out of here. And I actually saw this on the Alexander O'Neill episode, uh, Sherelle episode of On Sun, which you can find, by the way, on YouTube. I, can, I, I know I kind of gave it away for those of you that already know, will know this. Did you know that Alexander O'Neill was supposed to be the original league singer? Mm -hmm. And then I, he wanted paper, as uh, as uh, Jimmy Jam said, and uh, in one, I, guess, I think in that episode of Unsung with Alexander and Sherelle, I want paper. According <laughs> to Alexander O'Neill, I need paper. I want paper. <laughs> and so they told Prince, and Prince like, uh, we need him out. Kick Alexander O'Neill out. Let's bring Morris Day in. Yep. And uh, of course, the rest was history. Of course, Alexander O'Neill had his own drug issues. Yes. He's okay now. He had a great c career. Mm -hmm. I think he's still singing here and there, mm -hmm. but. You know, the rest is history, but Alexander, Alexander O'Neill was supposed to be the original league singer of the time, but that didn't pay, pan out because he needed paper. I want paper. <laughs> yeah, it, it's sort of it's sort of interesting that you know, we hear all these little nuggets about him, and I think people forget that he wasn't, that, look, Morrissey was not the original league singer of the time. Exactly. And, you know, of course, you know, thankfully, you know, he's still, O'Neill, Alexander O'Neill is still with us, and he's still, you know, singing, you know, mm -hmm. occasionally, but... You know, I think, look, he said that that was the worst time in his life when he got kicked out of the band. So, yeah. But again, you know, that kind of, you know, led his downward spiral. But, you know, I mean, I think it's, I think hindsight, I think that maybe, I'm sure if, if Prince were still with us, I'm sure this, you know, there were probably a lot of things that he wish he could have done differently. So, again, mm -hmm. you can kind of look back and say, okay, I guess maybe I, I screwed mm -hmm. that one up. But, you know, I mean, look, I mean, the weird, weird things have happened. So I look, it was great to see, you know, Morris Day and he's still doing his thing after all these years. And I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's just, it, it's just, it, it's still, his music still, yeah. and, and at times music still, still stands and still tells to test the time. So I'm, I'm, it's a lot of fun. 
Yes, this music is a lot of fun. So if you guys have a chance to check out the episode of Ang San featuring more Day in Time, please do so. It was video on demand. I don't know if it's on YouTube yet, but wherever you can find it, please uh, go look at it. Uh, it was a very good episode. On that note, you can find yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at SidKid80. Once again, at SidKid80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-80, S-I-D-K-I-D-80. And you can follow me at Keena McGee on the Twitter and at Keena's going to be on the IG. And you can find out, you know, you can watch, you know, the episode of Unsung. I'm sure it'll, it'll repeat. So if you miss it, it's it's fine. And you mm -hmm. can see all the music there on YouTube. Yeah. And you can catch Second City Sports on YouTube every Monday and every Friday right here on YouTube at WARR Media. Once again, at War Media right here on YouTube. Uh, it's just a thank you to you to you guys you can catch the visual version every monday and friday right here on youtube once again at war media you can catch our podcast every tuesday and saturday at war on anchor once again every tuesday and saturday at war on anchor which keeps you over to spotify itunes soundcloud stitcher google play and the mm -hmm. iheart radio app type in that search engine box on all podcast platforms w-a-r-r on anchor thank you very much in advance for your support like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Yes. Yes. And uh, happy Easter to everyone who celebrates the holiday. Uh, be safe. Uh, we're not out of the woods yet, but be okay. safe. If you have family, tell them that you love them. Have a great time with your family. Please social distance. Wear your mask. Be careful. Don't get anybody sick. Please, please don't. And please, as Lakina McGee would say, please, please, please be very good to each other. And till next time, holla. And we'll see you. We'll That's see enough. You. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you slickster, you. <laughs> oh, right. But, 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 but on a serious note, though, for Sid, I'm Lakina. You know, have a great Easter holiday weekend. And this was Second State Sports Zoom style. And stay safe out there, folks. We'll see you next week. Holla. Back at you. <laughs> <laughs>